Welcome in to the Fantasy Football Fathers Podcast, where only one of us is an actual father and none of us are priests. My name is James Dream. I'm joined here by Tyler Big Herbert Herbot. What is up? And Mr. Trey Victory Lap Stinky Fingers Jose. <laughs> what is up? <laughs> <laughs> Must go down. Um, <laughs> We are the Fantasy Football Fathers. Thank you for tuning in uh, to this week's Waiver Wire Edition episode. Uh, we're also going to go over... Actually, we're going to do a nice little segment of Cuff Carry Cut, is what I meant to say. So, uh, Trey, you want to explain to the people what you invented here? Cuff Carry Cut. Uh, if you ever had fun with people ever in your life, you played Fuck, Mary Kill before... And this is the fantasy football variation of it. So, Cuff is someone that you are starting no matter what. Carry is someone you want to keep on your team. And Cut is obviously someone you want to cut. So, yeah, it's like fuck, Mary kill, but for fantasy football. And don't worry, this time we're not going to do the whole Roger Goodell. And <laughs> Oh, God, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, me too. Legendary moment. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, so it should be cool. We got four different scenarios that we're going to go over there uh, on the Cuff Carry Cut segment. So uh, we'll be hitting that before the waiver wires, and then we're going to go through some of the popular names uh, on the waiver wire this week. Not a huge group, but um, some guys to be discussed. So uh, we will go over that as well. Um, anything to say about the Baltimore-New Orleans Saints game? that transpired tonight on Monday Night Football. Uh, Andy yeah. Dalton played probably the worst game of his season. Um, the Ravens were all over him. They couldn't get a whole lot going offensively, so it could lead to a maybe another quarterback change going back to Jameis. We'll see how that goes going forward. He got beat up pretty bad tonight. And I'll just say Kenyon Drake apparently is a starter. I don't know. It's It's so hard to tell. You know, two weeks ago, he put up a point five point fantasy game. And in yeah. but besides that, in the last three weeks, he's had at least 14.7 fantasy points. Getting it a lot of Gus Edwards. Yeah, Gus Edwards was out tonight. Yeah. So, I mean, he would have been riding the pine if, if Gus was in and healthy, but he was ruled out. So, I think the biggest takeaway from that, from what Jerry was talking about, is just like if you are relying on Gus Edwards. Um, you should have Kenyon Drake probably on your bench uh, for cases like these because it's going to be one or the other um, that get majority of the touches, at least while JK's out, probably for ma- the rest of this fantasy season because um, he hasn't been good anyway. So that way you can just rotate those those guys in, whoever's actually starting and, and healthy. But Gus is dealing with uh, hamstring. what it was. Hamstring, hamstring injury, which is lingering. So in the leagues where I have Gus, I went ahead and made the moves and dropped, you know, someone that I didn't really want to drop, but picked up Kenny Drake, especially for this week, because it was a Monday night game and I needed one or the other to start for me. So if you want Kenyon Drake at this point, you might have to trade for him. He's actually rostered in more leagues than Gus Edwards, which is yeah. surprising. But we know how those hamstrings be lingering. Yep. Fucking lingerers, man. But, <laughs> yeah. 
the word's out on, on Kenny and Drake. So if you want him, you might have to trade for him at this point. Yep, for sure. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see if they bring Jameis back next week and start him. Um, now that Andy Dalton had a bad game, but either way, this New Orleans Saints offense is just pretty unpredictable right now. Alvin, another quiet game, uh, which sucks, but uh, it is what it is. The only guy um, I right. want is Chris Olave. Yeah, that's probably the only guy. Besides Al, obviously. But uh yeah. all right, let's get into the waiver wires here. Um, or at least uh talk about some of the injuries from the past weekend. Um before I do that, four teams on by in week ten the Ravens, the Bengals, the Jets, and the Patriots. So uh, definitely some fantasy relevant players going to be out next week on bye, but not as bad as this last week with all the teams we had on bye. Um, injuries from the weekend or previous weeks. Uh, Tannehill still week to week with his ankle injury. So it's Malik Willis and his five pass attempts a game moving forward uh, until <laughs> Tannehill. Re- five returns. completions. Um, God, dude, honestly, it's weird to say it, but the Titans need Tannehill back. That offense yeah, they do. is even worse without uh, him in there. So Malik Willis, he's, I mean, he held the ball for so long on every single play. Zero anticipation. That's what we talked about, um, you know, before the NFL draft is, yeah, he, he's got a, every physical asset you would love to have. He can run the ball like a madman. He can throw the ball really, really far. But, man, he can't anticipate anything yeah and, and he's trying to rely way too much on his athleticism like you have to realize that you are not playing at liberty these 300 pound defensive linemen are fast as fuck fast. you can't outrun <laughs> yeah. them at any time you know yeah even you who's also fast as fuck but <laughs> yeah these are the best athletes in the world playing defense see ball I, get ball that's all they do i don't think Tannehill's is going to change much honestly as a team they're not passing for more than 200 yards per game like at all, but they're no, passing yeah. for more than a hundred yards. All year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, well, to be fair, Tannehill was literally around like one fifty a game, I think, before he got injured. Yeah, but I mean, that's still double what Malik gave him, or has given him so far. So, I mean, it, yeah, it for fantasy purposes, it's it's bad either way. Tannehill is not great as as we know. He's but he's definitely a little bit better than Malik Willis. But Robert Woods is their best receiver. He's thirty one year old. Robert Woods, you know, off the ACL that he can't off the ACL aging out. Like there's just not a whole lot of, they traded away and AJ Brown Traylon Burks has been hurt all year. And at this point doesn't look like, I don't know if he's going to turn out to be much, um, if he can't stay on the field. So yeah, rough, rough seas ahead. That's why, uh, Rabel and the boys are just like, let's run the ball 8 yeah. million times with, uh, old, the freak back there. And, uh, I hope to grind teams down. Yeah. Man, it is kind of crazy. It. That AJ Brown trade is looking so bad. AJ Brown has more receiving yards, catches and touchdowns than the entire Tennessee receiving corpse combined. <laughs> and yeah. corpse is, I hope he said that on purpose. Cause it's not a corpse. <laughs> <Yep. laughs> <laughs> it's a corpse. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of Traylon Burks, we'll talk about him later in this episode. He's ma- he'll be coming back. Uh, yes, he will. Um, Aaron Jones, questionable with an ankle injury. Tests were negative today. He's expected to play next Sunday. Not that it matters. They're probably not going to use him. So 
fuck it anyway. Uh, Josh <laughs> Allen should be fine after injuring his elbow, but uh, monitor monitor his status throughout the week. I doubt he misses any time. It's one tough son bitch. He's probably going to play. Uh, Romeo Dobbs suffered a high ankle sprain, literally the first play that he was involved in in the game. Um, made the catch, but will now miss probably about four to six weeks with a high ankle sprain. Christian Watson suffered his second consecutive concussion, also been dealing with hamstring injuries. Um, So the Packers have, if you exclude Sammy Watkins, because he doesn't really count, they have three receivers. Yeah, that's what I read. Three receivers. I don't know their other two guys' names, but yeah, Sammy Watkins and two other guys. Samare Torre and... uh, well, Lazard. That's it. So that's pretty good. Uh, pretty good front office work there from uh, the boys up top. Watson looks like he's picking up OBJ. Oh, <laughs> why would OBJ come there? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But to could play, you could... play in the cold and get your ass kicked? Yeah, that sounds. Yeah. Dude, but okay. Awesome. Imagine the imagine the the press conference. With Aaron Rodgers, the day that they signed OBJ, and look at the smile on that dude's face if it happens. I swear to God, he would have smiled more in that one press conference that he has all season. Yeah, I mean, Go at this deep. point, it's it's like, what is it? You know, what does it even matter? But uh, yeah, there's a lot of issues <laughs> with the Packers that need to be addressed, uh, and it starts at the top. And trickles all the way down. You're right. It starts at the top with the uh, shareholders, right? If we had to say, <laughs> if we truly had to say, dude, it would be, uh, there would be a lot of changes. A lot of hey, fucking changes. Trickle down economics doesn't work. It's been proven. <laughs> Just all saying right. it. welcome to economics 101 uh all right let's move on those are the injuries uh let's move on to cuff carry cut a little segment here we that we haven't done in a while so good to get back at it um let's start with this first one at the running back position cordell patterson after his uh big return this week scoring a couple tuds damian pierce getting what 39 carries last week or whatever he got and then Ramondre Stevenson had a pretty decent week or has had some decent decent weeks over the last few who wants to go first go ahead I think this is an easy one um really the two guys that you definitely want to have are Damian Pierce and Ramondre Stevenson and it's a little bit of a toss up between who I'm cuffing at this point, I think I am going to cuff Damian Pierce, who has a stranglehold on that backfield for Houston. And I'm going to carry Ramondre Stevenson because it's also his backfield at this point. Even though I love me some Damian Harris, it's really just Ramondre Stevenson show. And that means I got to cut Cordero. Cutting him out of there. And... This one, honestly, was pretty easy in my eyes. So I'm curious what you guys would think. It's pretty straightforward to me. Yeah, honestly, I'm I'm right there with you. Um, granted, 
after I looked a little more deeper on what their per game averages are, because obviously Cordero has missed a bunch of games this year, um, his average is right there with him. Ramondre's averaging 4.7 a game, Patterson's at 4.2, and Pierce is at an even 14. So it's very, very close. Um, but I'm with you. Um, Cordero won that offense I can't rely on. Tyler Algier is there, and so Patterson is, at least three, is the one guy who has less of a hold on this backfield. Um, and, you know, I think I'm actually going to cuff Stevenson, though. Um, I know Damian Harris is there, and that's a little worrisome, but Stevenson gets a lot of decent work out of the backfield as well, where Pierce is not at all. Um, so I'm going to go with cuffing Stevenson. I'll obviously carry, carry Pierce and cutting Patterson. Yeah, he chose wrong, but close enough. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think it's a little bit, uh, I think it's close. I mean, Cordell did finish, you know, higher than both of these other guys this week. Um, I know it's short notice, but he, he has been the dominant guy in that, that backfield with on a team that is going to run the ball a lot. Um, and did you guys see him truck? Uh, I forget the dude's name now. But did you see him uh, truck that guy at the at the goal line, like really badly? I don't think I did. Oh my god, it's brutal! Like it was like it was some real man shit, um, which was really cool to see. But I would have <laughs> but, to agree with Trey. <laughs> I w- I would go with the young workhorse and Damian Pierce. I would cuff him, uh, even though he's on the worst uh, offense than Stevenson. I would carry Stevenson. For the upside, I have to cut Patterson just because he's 32 years old and the team isn't very good and there's going to be up and down weeks. Yeah, you brought up a good point, Tyler, that Cordero is up there in points per game with them, but it's a matter of health, sharing the backfield. So, yeah, I'm happy with what we chose. <laughs> um, Second cuff carry cut here, Garrett Wilson, Curtis Samuel, or Tyler Lockett. Should I go first again? <laughs> um, yeah, cool. I'll I'll, t- I'm, I'll take this one real quick, actually. Um, so for me, this is, you know, like, again, looking at these guys, they're pretty close on a per game basis, but I'm basing a lot of this off of the teams that they're playing on. Um, so I'm cuffing Tyler Lockett. I will carry Curtis Samuel. I'll cut Garrett Wilson. Um, the r- most, even though I like Garrett Wilson and his talent, and he seems to building start to build a rapport with Zach Wilson, but I can't rely on Zach Wilson getting him the ball. Um, honestly, I think at this point you can rely on Taylor Heineke in the passing game more than you can um, Zach Wilson. So that's why I'm going to carry Samuel and I'm going to cuff Lockett. Yeah, I think you said it perfectly. That, that's essentially everything I was going to say. Oh, sorry, you got to go with Tyler. <laughs> yeah, you know, you, you saved me a lot of my own time though, because <laughs> uh, Tyler Lockett is definitely the cuff here. Um, Curtis Samuel is pretty competitive at this point. You know, he is top 20 in either standard or standard or standard or PPR leagues. Very inconsistent, but not nearly as inconsistent as Garrett Wilson. So I think that's the proper way to go about it. You got to cut Garrett Wilson. Yeah, I would agree. Even though I think Garrett Wilson is probably the best receiver out of the three. Um, he's certainly not have the best quarterback um so i would uh agree with your gentleman's assessment well garrett wilson he needs old flacco back in the mix 
<laughs> yeah, that would be nice. He needs, he needs someone who's going to throw him the fucking ball. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he's definitely the number one guy there, getting the most targets. Yeah. But and the last two weeks have a... been good. He's gotten a total of sixteen targets yeah. the last two weeks. Caught fourteen of those balls for over two hundred yards. So, like, the production's starting to get there. There's some connection going, but you know, you could one week it's all it takes for Zach Wilson to you know take this steep drop off that we saw earlier in the season. So that's my only concern. Yeah, he's way too unpredictable. You know, if Garrett Wilson had a consistent, consistently good quarterback, like he would be a top ten guy, like every single week, because he's that good. But uh, yeah, we'll see. Hey, speaking of the Jets, R.I.P. Elijah Moore. Save him. <laughs> Somebody save or him. Trade him. Like, why not just trade him if you're not going to play him? I don't understand that at yeah, all. Yeah, he's been but... supplanted by Denzel Mims at this point. Like, come on. Yeah. Why didn't you trade him? Teams would have paid a second, probably. Third, maybe. Dude, he, he's had one target in the last three weeks. Yep. He doesn't want to be there. So, um, Next cuff carry cut here, going, going back to the running back position, uh, DeAndre Swift, Trey's favorite player, Aaron God, Jones, or Miles Sanders. Ooh. Interesting. Very, very interesting. This is interesting. I'll I'll just dive into this one here. Um, it's kind of wild at this point, but I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to cuff Miles Sanders, who doesn't get a lot of work, I guess you would say. Uh, 17 for, carries last week, 93 yards and a touchdown. Oh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm seeing it right here. And he's up there. But, I mean, maybe I'm still stuck in the past with you know old RB1s getting consistent amount of touches and snap percentage and his snap percentage is pretty low but i want to cuff miles sanders he's still getting points and he's in a very high powered offense i am going to carry deandre swift even though i fucking hate him man i was so i was so certain you were gonna cut swift yeah (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna do it but aaron jones has just been so disappointing that i think he's gonna have to be my cut yeah, we, we talked about it all offseason, how we really anticipated him having a higher role uh, pass-catching-wise and things like that, but he's been pretty inconsistent. He is still up there. you know. He's number 10 in PPR, scoring a lot of points. But at this point, you're, you're kind of having a toss-up between who do you want to be inconsistent for you, Aaron Jones or DeAndre Swift? And I think I'm going to take DeAndre Swift, but I'm not happy about it. <laughs> All right. Um, you know, I'm actually gonna agree with you there, but I'm so close to wanting to cuff Swift because I think the rest of the season is gonna go really well for him. Um, yeah. You think? But, wrong, but that's okay. Man up. Yeah. So there's that. That's the thing. He this. has to stay healthy, obviously. But that's the. It's that plus Jamal Williams is still there, and Jamal Williams, as we know, is a very talented back and does very very well for himself when Swift is there, and even when Swift is not there. So that's why I'm going to cuff Sanders. He has a much better stranglehold on that backfield um, over Kenneth Gainwell than Swift does with with uh, Jamal Williams. I will carry Swift, and I, I also have to cut Aaron Jones. They're not using him enough, um, even though they really should be because the lack of receiving options they have there. I think they should be you know leaning more on the run game, and for whatever reason, they're choosing not to. Jim, where are the targets at? You said they were going to line him up out wide, and we bought in. You. Shifty little salesman, you. 
I mean, they, they were literally <laughs> talking about it like all off season training camp. Like it was a known thing. So I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know what's happened with the Packers, but it's uh, it's pretty frustrating. Um, oh, quick here. I mean, yeah, I just I can't cut either Jones or Swift still. I'm just not quite there yet. So I would do uh I would cuff Swift, carry Jones and, and cut Sanders. And you know what? <laughs> I'll go down with the fucking ship. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and the captain goes down with the ship and we move part on. Part of the ship, part of the crew. So you're fucking cigarette. One last you're Davy little... Jones, dude. The ship has sank. Yeah, pretty much. Davy Jones on the uh NFC North uh ship. That's just slowly sinking to the bottom of the ocean. You didn't sink to the bottom of the ocean. You sank to the bottom of the Great Lakes, and you're already there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> That's a good one. I like that one. All a right, lot. last last cuff carry cut here. T. Higgins, Chris Godwin, or Alave. Chris, another Chris. Oh, this one's the, tough too, the, man. The Chris's. Yeah, you know, this one is tough here. I My gut is to tell me I'm definitely going to do something with Olave. I'm not going to cut him. So, ah, man, all these guys. This, this is a good one, honestly. This might be the best one that we have. I'll go first. Um, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll cuff T. Higgins, carry Olave, and cut Chris Godwin. Por qué, senor? Please explain. Uh, Jamar Chase still out, even though Higgins, you know, won't be there this week for you. Um, still the opportunity is there for him to be the wide receiver one while Jamar Chase is out. And even when Jamar Chase comes back, he should still have, uh, good games given the talent at quarterback and the talent that he has himself. Um, Chris Olave, again, the wide receiver one for this team. Michael Thomas is not coming back. Uh, should I called it a lot of targets. He did call it victory lap trade. Good job. Victory, victory lap Jose. And yeah, Chris Godwin is playing with old Tom and it's just things are not clicking. Um, another disappointing week. Where did he even finish this week? Like 20, 25. So right outside of wide receiver two range. Um, did get 10 targets, but yeah, I mean, he gets a lot of targets, but I guess the other guys, I just see a little bit more of that high ceiling upside. Yeah, you brought up a lot of good points, and I think I'm with you on this. I, It's crazy to say that we're going to cut Chris Godwin. Yeah, it is. At this point in the season, but that offense has been struggling. He it's, hasn't scored a touchdown all year. I mean, yeah, 10 targets last week for seven receptions, but only 36 yards. I mean that sucks. <laughs> you know, he's had over ten targets in five of the seven games that he's played, and has only broken double digit points twice. I think that's a perfect example of how much the Buccaneers are struggling right now. So yeah, I, I'd have to mirror what you said. I want to cuff T Higgins because of the injury. You got to carry Olave just because he has so much potential and is a wide receiver one, and Chris Godwin. I mean, we just haven't seen anything promising. Got to cut him. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree. And 
I mean, it's it is crazy. The Chris Conley getting at least ten targets in five or seven games this season, but then not scoring any points with those targets just doesn't seem like it'd be possible based off of the Chris Godwin that we've seen in years past yeah. um, with what we've seen from this offense in years past. You would think that if he's getting those kind of targets on a week in a week out basis, he'd be a top 15 receiver right now. And for whatever reason, it's not happening. So I have to agree. Dude, Tom Brady yeah, hasn't thrown multiple touchdowns in any game besides week four. Yeah. It's either one or zero. <clears throat> and he threw three against and, the and Chiefs. Through nine weeks. Too. like that's a lot that's a pretty big sample size for nfl like yeah. we're not talking just a few weeks it's nine weeks like we know something is seriously wrong with the bucks we know something is seriously wrong with the packers you know what i mean like we know something's seriously wrong with the rams like all these teams that you know sh- should be doing a lot better and they're not through nine weeks that's red yeah. flags you know that there is something and, and even though the bucks won like great it wasn't it didn't look game. very good doing it and no, they beat the rams so like what? yeah exactly <laughs> the rams yeah by three points and the rams couldn't can't move the fucking ball outside of cooper cup so yeah, yeah it sucks because we know chris godwin's a good player but obviously man it, it, there's some major struggles going on there right, i'll guys. just say what you said to me real quick just a real quick thing james said to me at buffalo wild wings on sunday when we were watching the games is it time for the old whites to retire? And it is. <laughs> did I, I say mean, that? <laughs> that is, you did say that. And you know, we're talking about Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Matt Stafford. It might be about that Throw time. Matty Ice in there too. Shit. Well, dude, he's he's not even on the team essentially at this point. Goddamn. Yeah. Actually, I got one more cuff care kill, and we should probably bring up the whole Frank Reich firing. Yeah, because that's a whole that. crazy. Yeah, uh, uh, the end of the third Reich. Yeah. Uh, I got one more for you guys here. So these are all three technically backup running backs, but they are guys that you can fringe throw into your flex. So it's going to be a little little difficult, okay? Tony Pollard, Khalil Herbert, Antonio Gibson. <gasps> okay, um, I'm going to cut Antonio Gibson. <laughs> I am going to cuff. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, I want to cuff Tony Pollard. So I think the Zeke years might be slowly fading. It's hard to tell without, I don't know these guys' uh, contracts as far as Zeke and David Montgomery, but I'd rather well, have We're Tony, just talking about for Tony, this season. We're talking about for this season only. We're not talking about like Dynasty or anything like that. We're talking about the rest of this year. Okay, yeah, definitely Cuffin. Tony Pollard, very interested in him. I want to carry uh, Khalil Herbert because he kills it anytime he gets the ball, kind of like Tony Pollard. And Tony Gibson can just uh, fuck off. So, <laughs> it's the right. same for me. I got I got to go upside here. You know, I I'm so done with Ron Rivera and this fucking Washington running game. I I it makes me sick to my stomach. So give me the guys that if they do get a chance, they're gonna give you a good out outing. Uh, I'll cuff Tony Pollard just because he's better than Zeke, and I will carry Khalil Herbert because he's better than David Montgomery. Look at us agreeing on almost everything. I know we did. Uh, the world is ending. Khalil Herbert did kind of revert back to only getting seven carries this last week, um, and only playing twenty eight percent of snaps. So Montgomery kind of jumped back into that like major lead role there. I told you, 
Victory lap, Jose. Probably because their quarterback had 172 rushing yards. <laughs> yeah, there's that. Uh, <laughs> to be fair, that's a lot something. of yards. But to be fair, he had 70 of those on one run. I mean, so that means he. So he had 100 on the rest. So he had 100 on the rest. That was a sick run. He he. It was like backyard football, man. Hit the, hit him with the pump fake at the line yeah. of scrimmage and just took it and burnt Did everybody. You know that that's an NFL record for a QB in a single game. 170? Yeah. A lot of yards. No, it is, but I thought for sure it would have been, you know, Mike Vick, Lamar Jackson. Well, you know, just if you have dogs, don't let Justin Fields around them. Wow. Yes. Hashtag inappropriate. Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to get canceled. You want to explain that comment? A statement? No. No, I suggest you don't. We'd like, to, <laughs> we'd like to be able to do this again next week, remember? Uh, if you have a black quarterback who can run the ball very well, fine. just be careful about oh. you pets. Yeah. All right. All right. This week's waiver wire <laughs> ads. Go ahead and edit that part out. Uh, let's start at the top here <laughs> with Jeff joke. Wilson. I love Michael Vick. Jeff Wilson for the Miami Dolphins. Recently traded there. He was upset about it, but uh, got a lot of a good amount of work in the game uh, as the backup to Mostert. Seventy-two rushing yards, a touchdown on twelve total touches, and he honestly looked really good. Saw a majority of the pass down work and looked fast, looked uh, aggressive. Uh, Jeff Wilson should one hundred percent be rostered because uh, it's gonna be. A mixed bag every single week, and chances are Mostert will probably get hurt at some point. So, yeah, yeah. Jeff Wilson. Where did you read that he was everywhere. upset about the trade? That's news to me. I haven't. I did not hear that anywhere. That was in something. To be honest, nice. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> was I mean, honestly, I if I was to if something. I was him, I would be ecstatic about that trade. You're going into an offense you already knew, and you're, you know, at a guy you, you're with. You know, Raheem yeah. Moser, you know you can split carries with, whereas, like, in San Francisco right now, you know it's going to be Christian McCaffrey and nobody else. They're going to ride him because this offense well, is I not doing much was, more outside of that. I think it was the whole, like, McCaffrey thing mixed in because he felt okay. like he was probably the guy or whatever, and then they go out and they basically sell out for Christian McCaffrey, you know, and then he's like, well, I mean, what the fuck, and then, then they trade him away, so... I mean, does he think that highly of himself? Like thing. it's Jeff Wilson versus Christian Probably. McCaffrey? Come on. I mean, I know it's an I mean, NFL NFL rosters. They all think they're, they're the guy, but have a little yeah. bit of you know self awareness. I mean, in Jeff Wilson's eyes, he was the guy from the moment he touched a football all the way, you know, up until the NFL. Like every single one of these guys were the guy for their entire lives. So they all have that mindset. You know what I mean? But yeah. Well, anyway, yeah, well, back to the roster. point, yeah. yeah Jeff Wilson, <laughs> um, yeah, de- definitely interesting. And, it, you know, uh, Raheem Oster only saw two targets, didn't even catch him. Jeff Wilson saw three, caught all three, got a touchdown from that. It's not enough to really convince you that he's taking over the backfield, but it's pretty convincing from, you know, his first week in that franchise with Mike yeah. McDaniels that he got that much work. So it's... It, it, to be fair, he he might have had more work than uh, Christian McCaffrey did his first week with the 49ers. Yeah, McCaffrey no, I mean, he, he did like Christian, two days, I think. Yeah, Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, it was only there for a couple of days, and then they were, then they were on bye week. So, 
Um, but he actually, Jeff Wilson did get more work than Raheem Mostert, which is big. I know, it was, again, like I just said, it was the same offense, but I was you would think that maybe just a different offensive line and slightly different um, verbiage that they would have leaned on Mostert more. But Jeff Wilson, you know, when he runs the ball, he runs the ball really, really well. So Mostert, or not Mostert, but Wilson, do you think he's going to be the guy going forward? Or do you think we're going to see more close to this 50-50 split that we saw in this last I think it's gonna be a, I think it's going to be a hot hand thing. I think it's going to be whoever's feeling it that week. And so it's going to make it difficult. But like in one league where I was trying to decide between like Jeff Wilson and someone else, I just, and it was a toss up. I just threw Jeff Wilson in just because of the upside and the offense and him knowing the offense and being a talented player. So, I mean, Raheem Mostert's been okay. He hasn't been a world beater though, you know, um, in yeah. most games. So um, he's only got one touchdown on the year, you know couple big games but he's got two on out, here outside Three. of that i mean um yeah I, I don't think it's like lock raheem mostert i think uh yeah it's gonna be a mixed bag each week and both these guys might be startable week week to week yeah i i must agree with what you were saying and i, I know you were saying jeff wilson had more work but i mean to be fair it, it seemed almost Literally 50-50. Raheem Mostert played 47% of snaps. He had nine carries. Jeff Wilson played 49% of snaps. He had nine carries. The only difference is, you know, Jeff Wilson actually caught his targets. So, at this point, it it, it does seem very 50-50. But moving forward, I, I'm leaning Jeff Wilson for sure. Yeah, and the other thing, I mean, there's really no other running backs to go pick up right now that are actually going to be involved like guaranteed to be involved next week right. and like be on a good offense. So um, I would be Aaron willing Williams. if I needed a running back, I'd be willing to spend, I said a good offense. Um, I'd be willing to spend a little <laughs> <Yeah>. bit of fab. <laughs> well, I've been, I've been stocking up my fab out. all year. So get ready for me to just dump it. Dump it <laughs> fab on everyone these next couple of weeks. <laughs> um, Greg Dolchik. Uh, I think that's how it's it. But uh, the Denver tight end rostered in 39% of leagues clearly has inserted himself as part of the offensive game plan every single week, even if it's uh, old B-Rip out there ripping it around. Uh, but even Russell Wilson in their last game before the <laughs> bye week was targeting him a lot. So um, in his last three games played, he has posted at least eight points in half PPR leagues, which unfortunately is a starting tight end uh, week in and week out in fantasy football. Yeah. So Greg Dolchich, yeah, if he's still available and you don't have a, you know, bona fide starter at the position, then he should be on your roster. Yeah. Russell Wilson's playing like shit, but uh, this is someone you can rely on in that offense receiving wise. It's, it's, it's pretty surprising in the last four weeks. I mean, Cortland Sutton hasn't had <laughs> double digit points. Jerry Judy been very inconsistent. The only person who's really been consistent for this offense has been Greg Dulcich from a receiving standpoint. So, it's, I mean, in the last three weeks, the last three games they played, Dulcich is averaging eight yards a game or eight eight points a game. Sutton has a total of eight points in that time frame. Yikes! Yeah, it's bullshit. This year for fantasy, this is the wildest year of fantasy ever. But I guess that's why they call it, uh, you know. Fantasy. Gam- it, well, it's gambling <laughs> at the end of the day. You gambling. Know? 
Um, yeah, Greg Dolch is the Greg Dolchich is the uh, number one pickup at the tight end position for sure. If he's av- available, even more so than old Cole Komet, who is rostered in twenty two percent of leagues and had scored three touchdowns in the last two weeks, and all of a sudden <laughs> the Chicago Bears offense wants to be relevant and you know score points. Um, Cole Komet. Just skipping to him real quick. Just feels more of a touchdown dependent boomer bust option. Oh, this is a trap. Yeah, it's a waiver wire trap. You know, yeah. those three touchdowns in the last two weeks, his usage has not changed. His snap percentage is the same. His targets are the same. His catches are about the same, you know, as his average on the year so far. The only difference is he has caught three touchdowns in the last two weeks. It's a definite trap. But I really can't blame me for falling for it because it's, you know, it, it's a barren, it's a barren area. I don't know what I'm trying to say. Uh, you're trying to make it, a bear it, pun hard. there? Like the tight oh, landscape hey. is barren? Yeah. Oh, it's a barren landscape. Bear down. <laughs> there it is. There you wow. go. Wow. Thank you. Tyler coming through with the pun. I didn't even do that on purpose, but you, you know, you brought it into my brain. So, yeah. Well. It's a cold world out here for the tight ends. Ooh, okay. There it is. There it is. He's back. There we go. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's a trap. It's a bear it's trap. It's a trap. Ah. Ah. Terrace Marshall. <laughs> Terrace Marshall has made an appearance. Um, in the NFL. I forgot he was uh, drafted at one point. He's uh, posted two consecutive weeks, though, of double-digit points, and apparently is is making a case for the wide receiver to roll there in Carolina. There's literally no one else, so I, w- I would hope he would um, be fighting for that, but uh, Robbie Anderson, as we know, is gone. Do you guys think Terrace Marshall might actually be a thing? Yeah, I'm gonna wait and see. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm a, come on, guys! Like it's it's yeah. Harris Marshall, who literally you forgot was in the NFL, so that's not a good sign, especially coming from you, Jim. Because I'm pretty sure you were high on Marshall coming out of college. I was. He let me down big. So that's that. That's a wrap. <laughs> if you can't beat out. Uh, if you can't beat out fucking Robbie Anderson, then uh, chances aren't good. Now, well, there should be something to be said here with this, too. P.J. Walker was benched this week. It wasn't an injury. He was benched because he went three for ten for nine yards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. nine. Mm-hmm. Nine yards. So, Dude, if I were him, I would be like, let's just run nines, and I'm just going to throw it really <laughs> fucking far. And you know what? <laughs> let's see what happens. So, I mean, they are expecting P.J. to start again coming this coming week, but that certainly gives you concern because... Obviously, we know Baker Mayfield wasn't doing anything. This offense kind of opened up and kind of erupted with the emergence of P.J. Walker and the D.J. Moore connection. So I'm a little worried on what could happen going forward. Yeah, I agree. I'm a little bit more optimistic than you guys uh, moving forward. I know P.J. Walker's going to start again, and you don't have to wait very long to see if Terrence Marshall is you know, going to come to fruition because they're, they're uh, playing on Thursday night, right? Indeed. Panthers. Yeah, so you won't have to wait very long to see what's going to happen. God. I don't want anything to do with this team. 
especially if they're playing on Thursday night. Well, you know, recent coaching change, I'm just saying, it, it, it makes the offense unpredictable. So if you are struggling, I mean, I wouldn't mind throwing him on my bench and just holding on to him and seeing if things uh, kind of go his way. Because it's just him and DJ Moore at this point. And I know PJ Walker is a starter, and I love me some PJ Walker, and he was struggling. But whether it's him or Baker Mayfield, this offense is slowly transforming. So it might work in his favor. You could definitely throw him on the bench and see what happens, but he's he's not someone I would suggest starting this week at all. Even if you're struggling at the wide receiver position, I would still wait and see on that. Um, well, no, this is waiver wire ads. We're not talking about starter sits, which comes out on Wednesday night, sure, or Thursday morning <laughs> and Friday morning. <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying like a streaming option. You know what I mean? If you're looking to pick someone up to start like this week, uh, I would. Look I mean, elsewhere. it doesn't matter the position this week. There's not a whole lot of guys to pick up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, shit, that sucks that you're in that position. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's he's nothing more than like a real dart throw. Um, Kokomit, we talked about him. Kyron Williams. The Los Angeles Rams running back rostered in 30% of leagues right now. He's supposed to be activated from IR soon. And, yeah, there has been zero production out of this backfield. So, Kyron has every opportunity to take over once he's back, but there's talks of Cam Akers getting back into the mix. Oh, he got Um, five carries this week. He, he had three yards. Five carries this week. This week. Trash. Uh, three yards. How many total? Three yards? Three yards. Sick. Yeah, he's super <laughs> good. Um, Daryl Henderson is there still as well. Uh, but this offensive line is not doing well. Uh, run blocking or pass blocking. Um, and this offense as a whole is just not good. So you could hold on to that glimmer of hope that Kyron Williams comes in and, and changes everything, but um, I'm not spending a whole lot of fab on that um, miracle. Luckily, you probably won't have to because he's still on IR. Um, he wasn't activated last week, even though Sean McVay said he could be activated. So he could be back sooner rather than later. Um, so you could probably get him on the cheap right now and just stash him, or even if your IR spot's open, maybe just you know bring him in, throw him directly on your IR spot until he does get activated because now me personally, I like Kyron Williams tape out of Notre Dame. Um, I love the yep. way he runs. I think he runs with power um, and just a tenacity. You don't see from either Cam Akers or Daryl Henderson. So I think if he comes in and the Rams give him a shot, he could make a little noise in his backfield just because he runs just more violently than either of these guys do right now. Yeah, I agree with what you're saying. And we talked about him, I think, last week on the Wave Wire episode. You know, it's someone you could pick up right now, stash yeah. for a while. This backfield, he could easily take it over. I know the offensive line is struggling, but with the way the running back landscape is, it's it's tough out here, man. And if you can get yourself a running back who's going to get you double-digit points, hopefully, which it might be Kyron Williams because we all liked him in the offseason. We liked his tape. We liked the way he looked. So... This is someone who could really help you out later in the season if things work out for him. Yeah, definitely more uh, of a stash and, and see. Um, but get him now before he's the number one wire, waiver wire pickup on the week. You know, That's what you got to do with these running backs. Uh, Chuba Hubbard is on the list still. 
Carolina running back, 48% roster rate. He's missed the last two games, but uh, was seeing majority work before his injury. Um, Seems like he will be a little bit more involved once he is fully back. Um, Probably more of a 50-50 split between him and uh, Deontay Foreman. Uh, Are we picking up Chuba Hubbard? Uh, I mean, okay, I'll put it this way. I would probably pick up Chuba Hubbard before I picked up Kyron Williams. (laughs) <laughs> so, so I mean, that's, that's not you know the best like endorsement, but I mean, the whole Panthers offense struggled last week's, um, as did Foreman. He only had seven carries for twenty three yards. Uh, they kind of abandoned. I mean, they were getting killed, so they abandoned the run game. So he didn't get a chance to you know get a lot of work in that, anyways. But I think Hubbard generally gives you the bigger, the the more the big play threat. He's a guy who is more likely to break one. Um, so he gives you that kind of upside. I think you're right. I think you're going to see more of a 50-50 split. And if you are in a tough position with your running backs this week for some reason, um, maybe you could throw him into your flex. But, I mean, they you do, do play have two. on Thursday, too. They yeah. Play Thursday so it's a short Falcons, week. It's a short week. limited today. Yeah. I mean, it's all tough. And obviously the Falcons are a great matchup um, because the Falcons just suck like all the way around on defense. So if he plays, it's a decent matchup. I mean, unless he gets a full practice in come, you know, Tuesday Tuesday and Wednesday, I, I wouldn't rely on him. Yeah. I think, I think the Tuesday practice will say a lot, which if you're listening to this, it'll, it'll be Tuesday. So today's practice, check his status, see if he got a full uh, practice in if he did then he might be worth picking up and starting Thursday but I think if he's still limited I'm not I'm not messing with it short yeah. week he's still hurt and now they got another guy yeah this week on buys it is a little rougher on running backs we just talked about Kenyon Drake having a good game um, and even between him and Gus Edwards so those are guys that you were probably flex worthy guys you have Joe Mixon out Um, you have James Robinson out with the Jets uh, you have Ramondre Stevenson out with with New England, so you actually have we are missing, you know, three to five like guys that you could throw into your flex on almost any week at the very least. You know, obviously you have like Ramondre Mixon who are, who are a bunch better than that, but we are missing guys this week, so you might have to kind of play that game a little bit this week with Chuba Hubbard. Yeah, well, r- really with Chuba, it is someone I wanted on this list because uh, it's someone you definitely want to have moving forward in the season. Maybe not necessarily this week, which it might work out because of the bye weeks like you were talking about. But you know, before he went down, he was very involved. So moving forward towards as the season progresses, going into the playoffs, it's definitely someone who you want to have on your team if you're struggling at running back. For sure. Uh, let's move on. Uh, Traylon Burke. Okay, well, if you really want him on your team, like how much fab would you be willing to spend on him then this week? Not a 15. ton. Nah, 15 seems rich for me. Eight. 15% of what you have left? $8. $8. I know the dollar uh, amount kind of sucks because like not everyone plays with the same dollar amount. Um, what about a percentage of what you have left? Like 5%, 10%. Spanier League, I'd say 8.5%. <laughs> 
<laughs> that eight just sounds too good. It, it does, man. Uh, it keeps it keep going back to it. I wonder if Price is right, Joe. I'm doing 9%. Oh, my God. All right, moving on. Traylon Burks, Tennessee wide receiver, rostered in 40% of leagues. He's been an IR since week four. Um, but obviously we all know they traded A.J. Brown and felt like he could be the replacement given his profile, play style, all those good things. Um, this team is desperately in need for another weapon. And the good thing about it is they don't always have to throw him the ball down the field. He's someone that you can manufacture touches for, end arounds, short screens, things like that, uh, where he can really break them and, and make a big play. <clears throat> but he hasn't been healthy. So um, this is a guy where you're you're stashing. Maybe you're throwing him on your IR spot. Um, at the end of the bench, and you're waiting and seeing. He's a guy I've been holding since draft day. So, yeah, that's kind of the story. Of the last few guys we've been talking about, guys you would just want to have on your team moving forward. But until this offense figures out how to throw the goddamn ball and get more than 200 yards per game, it makes his ceiling so low. So yeah. you, you really got to hope that they they put things together. Man, guys, screw his floor. His or screw his ceiling. His floor is low. I mean, in the four games he did play, he saw diminishing results with each passing week. Seven points in week one, six point seven in week two, two point six in week week three. Oh, I'm sorry, a slight uptick in week four to two point eight. Yeah, slight he's always uptick. dealing with. He's he was he's literally been dealing with injuries all year and like these little weird nagging injuries and then they finally placed him on IR and honestly at this point it's like who knows when he's going to come back because he's already cool. missed shouldn't have come and keep overweight yeah I mean there are some red flags for sure <laughs> with Traylon Burks like no doubt about it um, the tape is really good tape in college but that's yeah, not always tape. that's not always you know going to do it for yeah. you in the NFL. You and it was against the SEC opponents, too. So, like, it's not like he was playing Mountain West. You know, like it was against the SEC. Yeah. Oh, well, no, I mean, see yeah, Sky Moore. Good teams. Yeah. Well, Sky Moore was, I think, actually in the Mountain West. Yeah. Yeah, but <laughs> me, me and you SEC. both. So those it doesn't are, matter. Those are different worlds, for sure. They, they, yeah, uh, and Cooper Cup played for Eastern Washington. So Yeah, but Cooper Cup was, didn't... Sometimes people make make mistakes, like all the colleges in the NFL and all the NFL scouts, uh, at least for the first, what, three rounds. Um, but Cooper Cup also did become the Walter Payton Man of the Year, which is the Heisman Trophy winner for the FCS. So, like, he did come out and show, like, yeah, he, he's the man. Yeah, he didn't just play in that league. He fucking dominated it, like, every single He week. was that league. Um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Traylon Burks, we'll see what happens, but you can throw him in your IR. Hopefully you have an IR spot in your league. If you don't, you should leave that league because it's absolute trash. Um, <laughs> Jarvis Landry, the New Orleans wide receiver, he's on here. This is more of a, a deeper league pickup. Um, definitely not a pickup for those traditional five-man bench leagues, um, but rostered in 36% of leagues. Wasn't activated tonight against the Ravens, but should be back soon. And like we said with Chris Olave, there's a lot of opportunity um, for the wide receivers in this offense. Um, he should be vaulted up into that wide receiver two role. I don't think Marquez Callaway or the Drake other guy, 
Traycon is 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 too much competition uh, for a, a seasoned vet that they could really use. You know, um, yeah. So Landry had some nice games at the tail end of last year. He had a big week one game this year, even when Michael Thomas was there and healthy. So um, I see a world where Landry might be a good little fill in 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 deep leagues um, for the back half of the season. What do you guys think that after this, you know, game we uh seen recently that when Andy Dalton's struggling so bad, does James get the start ever this season? Possibly, it's hard to say, man. I mean, obviously, you always go back to that saying um, that we've we've mentioned it with New England as well. It's like when you have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterbacks because there's just too much back and forth. The rhythm of the offense changes too much. It's too hard. Um, for anyone to get, you know, used to basically playing with that quarterback. So it's hard to say. Um, personally, I think Jameis gives them a much higher ceiling. Obviously, it's a little, a lot more up and down and not, maybe not as consistent as Dalton is. But right now, dude, they're fighting to get, get into the playoffs. They're going to need somebody who has, gives them the higher ceiling. I would personally go to Jameis. Um, and I think that works better for the entire offense. But I don't know if they'll actually do it. They do have a first-time head coach. Um, who might be a little scared of doing that in you know, terms of risk losing his job over making a bad decision. Bet. <laughs> well, I, well I, I think it personally does change the way I look at Jarvis Landry. If Jameis is out there, I think naturally their passing yards per game do increase. So if Jameis is out there, I, I do like Landry more. But even then, I, I'm still looking at him just in case. Definitely a deep league guy. Yeah. All right. Anybody else that we forgot? No. Um, we should touch that what that piece of news though. Um, the whole firing in, oh, in yeah. Indianapolis. Let's touch that. Let's touch on that. So, <laughs> <Touch> it. <laughs> um, do you want me to just break break this thing down? Because honestly, this all came out of left field sure, for dude. me. I'm not sure how you guys felt. Yeah, super random. Jeff Saturday being signed. It's like what? Yeah, it came. It really fresh so, I mean, off the ESPN desk. Yo, wasn't Jeff Saturday coaching a high school team? Yeah, for the last three years, he's yeah, the head coach of a high school been. team. Yeah. And Georgia, an analyst for ESPN. Now he has been a team consultant this whole season, which I did not know that until after this came out. I didn't know that he had been part of the organization. It's someone who Jim Ursay. I didn't know that either. Yeah. So I didn't. So it's someone that Jim Ursay really trusts and. Um, I can't remember who they had somebody, a former player on ESPN talking about it and who got to know Jim Irsay because he did play for the Colts at one point. And he said that, you know, he was only there for a couple of years, but you know, his time with Jim Irsay, that Irsay really, really values his relationships, uh, which could be a hindrance. You know, it could be a good thing or a bad thing, depending on how you look at it. But he's always had a good relationship with Jeff Saturday. Jeff Saturday's always kind of had his ear. And that's why he was a team consultant this year. So that's why they threw him in there. Now, being someone on the outside looking in and you can give, you know, constructive criticism based on the team is a lot different than being in the middle of it and making those decisions yourself now as a head coach, especially for somebody like Jeff Saturday, who has zero coaching experience outside of the high school level. So it's going to be very interesting to see where this thing goes. I have no idea what to expect for the offense. Seeing that he's an offensive lineman, I would say they're going to run the ball 45 times a game. 
you know yeah. what this reeks of? Uh, being, you know, obviously the Raiders fan of the podcast is, oh yeah, Jim Irsay values his relationships. So we have a owner of a team who has a little bit too much control and is letting his personal things come into play when he hires his coaches, a.k.a. Al Davis. R.I.P. Praise him. But, I mean, come on. Like, it, it, it doesn't sound like a good thing to me, honestly. When you let your feelings get into play, when you're making these business decisions, it, it I feel like it never works out well. It, it's very Al Davis-ish, what, what Jim Irsay is doing right now. So my gut feeling is this is not going to turn out very well. Yeah, it might not. I mean, but when you're you're the guy cutting all the checks, you kind of get to do whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, it but, just, well, is this going to be like Al Davis? The right thing. He's going to be like calling down plays from the fucking box. Just like, hey, I, yeah, see I, mean, I was the like, owner. Fuck yeah, dude. Okay, but like, you know what? One, one of the differences week, there with so. with Al Davis, though, Al Davis did play and coach the Raiders at one point as well. True. So, like, it's a little yes. different. But there is a time where you you, you got to let go of the reins, man. Let the younger go. Let the no, younger I, boys no, and take I agree. over. And I don't think. I think ultimately, when an owner meddles as much as he is right now, it doesn't work out well. You know, you can see Jerry Jones with the Cowboys. As much as Cowboys are America's team, uh, air quotes for the since you can't see this, but um, the one time that they were really good in his tenure was in the early '90s with Jimmy Johnson. When Jimmy Johnson basically told Jerry Jones to fuck off, I'm running this team, and he didn't let him meddle. And then when they started to butt heads because Jerry Jones couldn't handle someone else running the team for him and making those decisions, he fired Jerry uh, Jimmy Johnson. And they haven't yeah. been back to the Super Bowl yet since. So that's the one place where like that has seen sustained success. Is obviously, New England, where Robert Kraft does meddle a lot. But you had an all-time halt, you know, one of the best, if not the best coach in college in football history, in Bill Belichick. And even then, you can say that Robert Kraft is the reason for some of the breakup between, you know, the Tom Brady Belichick situation as well. Like he gone on that too much and it caused you know ruffles and feathers that way so i don't know where this is going but ultimately most of the time this doesn't work out well in the long run you see what i'm saying then right like i do i do letting your personal relations come into play this is in the 60s man it's like the old boys club it's a billionaire business yeah you can't just hire somebody because you're cool with them so. They definitely do that. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but let's be honest. I mean, f- the, the brand of football that was being played was it's not good. Not good. Like the Colts are a terrible team right now and they shouldn't be like on paper. They should be yeah. competitive and winning games and they're not, but Super how Bowl much you know, it's a, it's a, it's a performance industry. You know what I mean? Like you right. have to perform to keep your job. If you don't, you're going to lose your job. But, you're but still how much of that can you attribute to, to Frank Reich not be able to find the correct quarterback? I mean, yeah, that's yeah. I mean, that I don't know I how mean, much say Frank Reich had in. I, I assume a lot. Because um, I think that's the one thing that's kind of I was thinking about this today when it all happened. Is that like obviously he gets dealt a shit, a shit hand. All of a sudden, Andrew Luck retires. Who yeah. is even though he had some injuries going on was 
look like on the path of potentially being a Hall of Fame quarterback himself. You know, obviously one of the best quarterback right. draft prospects we've ever seen. He retires out of you know out of the blue. They bring in Philip Rivers, who has a decent year with them. You know, takes them to the playoffs. Um, has a decent season. Um, kind of up and down with the interception, which he has always been. Then, like, okay, let's go try, try to find a young quarterback we might be able to develop. Carson Wentz. Well, that was a disaster. We know that Carson Wentz likes to throw the ball three feet in the air at the goal line. Um, and then they go and guy get a guy who literally looks like he's halfway in his NFL grave and can't move <laughs> in the pocket. And Matt Ryan. So. I think a lot of that has to do with it because um, we've seen Frank Reich win as an offensive coordinator. He, we know he knows how to call plays. And I think what might have hurt them is that like they needed to try to find this next quarterback, but their roster was too good to get a good draft pick. You know, they were always yeah. playoff contenders because they have a very, very, very good roster. So I don't know yep. what they're going to be able to do in the future to bring in a quarterback that's going to raise this roster enough to actually compete in the Super Bowl. Because they're not going to be bad enough to like, get a top 10 pick to try to get their quarterback in the future either. Well, we do know it was Jim Ursay who basically made the command um, from the owner's box that Sam Ellinger is going to be our starting quarterback next yes. week. You know, um, And I don't think Frank liked that. I think Frank probably wanted to bring back Matt Ryan in, in the starting role probably this week. Um, and maybe Jim was just like, no, dude. You do that, you're fired. And then Frank was like, "All right," and then they fired him. <laughs> I think that's that might have been like how it went down, honestly. But yeah, no, I, I could see it. I could see it. <laughs> you know, two egos, button heads, just like we do here on the Fantasy Football Fathers, <laughs> where sometimes we get away from fantasy football. But that's anyway. All right. This was major news we don't normally deal with in the middle of a season, so it was very, very interesting. Oh wait, very, what very major news? <laughs> major news. <laughs> that's so like the cliche voice for that uh for that <laughs> yeah funny uh yeah we'll see who gets fired next um because there's a few guys out there that might might be on the block so yeah josh mcdaniels i only the pull of the range in in year one but you just Not give up seven points to the jaguars after uh yeah. You're not a Raiders fan, man. I'm telling you, it'll happen. <laughs> um, I'm going to tell you what, man. John Madden ain't walking out of his grave. Yeah. I wish, dude. I'll do some voodoo. Bring him back. <laughs> the Raiders would. I would. I would. What would you sacrifice would you sell my soul? your soul for? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say <laughs> for John Madden. Uh, that's an right. that's that's easy deal, it. dude. It ain't worth much. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> Easy money. For a Super Bowl? Hell yeah, brother. Hell yeah, uh, brother. <laughs> All right. That'll do it for this episode. Uh, good luck with your waiver wires. If you have additional questions on Tuesday, hit us up at the FF Fathers. We will answer those questions there. Uh, until then, let, we'll see you later this week for some uh, starts and sits and starts of the week. So. Uh, hit us up at the fa- FF Fathers on Twitter. Appreciate you all listening. We will catch you later. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> I thought it was going to be so much Bye. louder, dude. You like wound up. <laughs> I was thinking about it.